that unlike we could do. Lord, I just, I thank you for, for doing that. And I thank you for uh, revealing yourself to us. God, and I just pray for these students. Lord, I just pray that, that the gospel just shatters their entire universe, Lord, and, and um, changes their life forever. God, I pray that these students, they are able to make that decision for themselves, that they realize that they cannot uh, live a, a faith that is their parents. They have to make it their own. And this is a prime age to do that. God, I just I pray that as we, as we continue tonight, Lord, that we, um, Lord, I just pray that we focus on you and we set all distractions that we might have uh, aside. It's in your name we pray. Amen. All right, let's see here. Nate, are we good back there? All right, let's see. All right, open your Bibles to 1 John chapter 5. 1 John chapter 5. Please open. Please open your Bibles to 1 John chapter 5. If you do not have a Bible, there are a few that are sitting around you. That's where we'll be tonight. We're just a few weeks left. A few weeks left in 1 John. It feels like we've been there forever. And we have been there for almost three months. Almost three months we've been in the book of 1 John. Listen up, guys. But we've seen so much. We've seen so much in that time when we've been through 1 John. We've seen how Christ is our life and how he has eternally existed with the Father. We saw how he um, came down in, in his flesh and how through his life and his death and resurrection, how we can have a relationship with the Father. It's only by his life and his death and resurrection that we can have life, or that we can uh, have a relationship with the Father. We talked about joy, difference between joy and happiness. Huge differences there. Joy is something that is constant, something that will remain. Happiness is something that is based on our circumstances. Our happiness can change. One day we can be happy and, and the next day not. Joy is not based on our circumstances. We talked about uh, confession and the, the role of confession in the life of believers. How that needs to be something that's just not a one time. Something that we continually do over and over and over again. Because we sin. We sin. And our confession, when we give our lives to Christ, that one time, that does not make us good. We still need to con continue to confess our sins. We talked about what it means to know God. A lot of you guys know people. Or, or there's some, like, uh, you know, I, I know uh, you know, one time I saw, uh, what's, what's his name? Uh, I saw, uh, I don't know if you guys know who Troy Smith is. He was a, a former Heisman Trophy winner, quarterback from uh, Ohio State. And I saw him at Polaris Mall one time. I used to work at Polaris Mall. I was the guy that would stand inside the Buckeye room, and you would walk into the Buckeye room, and I'd say, hi, how are you doing? And people would look at me and then just walk away. And so that was me. Or... I'd, I'd stand there by the door and I'd watch the mall walkers on Saturday mornings or weekday mornings. And so that was my job. I worked at the Buckeye Room and one day Troy Smith came in 
for an autograph signing. And I'm like, man, this is really cool. There's a Heisman Trophy winner here. Like, I get to talk to this guy. And at that time, we all thought he was going to be a pretty big deal in the NFL. Turns out he, he didn't end up being a pretty big deal in the NFL. But anyways, we thought differently then. And I'm like, man, if only there was Instagram. And I could post a picture on Instagram with him. There was no Instagram in 2007. Um, but he, he came in there, and I got to talk to him. And I invited him to my rec basketball game. He, he did not come. He probably had other plans. Um, but I felt like I knew him because I talked to him. However, I don't know everything about him. I do not know him on a deep level. He does not know that I exist. He probably, actually, however, I'm probably the only person who's ever invited him to a rec basketball game <laughs> at an autograph signing of his. Um, so he probably, still probably doesn't remember me. So he, uh, so I do not, I do not know him. I do not know him. And there might be people that you've seen that you don't really know on a deep level. Do we know God? Do we know him? Is our relationship with him surface level? Or is it deep? Do we know a lot about him? Then we, we talked about, or Caleb talked about, the difference between loving the world and loving God. You have two choices. You can either love the world or love God. You cannot do both. You have to pick one. There's no gray area. There's nothing in between. you got to pick one or the other. We talked about deception and false teaching and how in order to, um, to, to not fall into being deceived, we need to abide in the Holy Spirit and we need to abide in God's Word. Abiding in God's Word is so important. And I wish, I wish I would have known that at your age. And I wish I would have done that, and I wish I would have lived that when I was your age. I wish I would have been following Christ at your age. I thought I was, but in all reality, I was just going through the motions. I didn't want people to know that I was following Christ, so I didn't. Because that wasn't cool. That wasn't popular, and I was so concerned about fitting in that I did not want to grow. Let me remind you, I was, going, I was even going to a Christian school. And it still was not popular. We talked about being God's child. And we'll look at that again tonight. And, and how we, we are to not make a practice of sinning. How there's a difference between uh, a, a sin here or there and a lifestyle of sin. Uh, Kurt Householder was here one night and talked on loving others. Why we need to love others. We talked about uh, keeping God's commandments and, and abiding in God. We'll talk more about that tonight as well. And then we talked about last week. Last week we talked about loving God and loving others. Loving God and loving others. Tonight we're going to look more at love. And we're also going to talk about faith. Two pretty important components of the Christian life. First John is um, a beautiful book. And I remember, I remember one time I was on a, a plane flying back from Honduras. Um, coming back from a mission trip that I was on. And I was reading through First John. And I felt like I was underlining everything. That's because there's so much. 
so much in just these five, uh, these five chapters. And maybe I, maybe I got a little underline happy, and maybe if there was Instagram then, I would have Instagrammed that uh, and put that one filter on that they described. Uh, but, but 1 John is great. So tonight we're going to be in 1 John 5, verses 1 through 5. Let me read that for us. It says, Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has been born of God. And everyone who loves the Father loves whoever has been born of Him. By this we know that we love the children of God when, when we love God and obey His commandments. For this is the love of God, that we keep His commandments, and His commandments are not burdensome. For everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Who is it that, who is it that overcomes the, wor- the world except the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? Now, some theologians believe that this section belongs with, with, um, with chapter 4 uh, and verses 7 through 21, how it further elaborates on love, especially since it met- mentions the word love five times in just the first three verses of chapter 5. But others believe it starts a new section with, with faith being the primary topic, both Faith and love are main themes in 1 John. And tonight, we're going to see three characteristics of a genuine child of God. Three characteristics of a genuine child of God. Let's look back again at, at, at verse 1. It says, Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has been born of God. And everyone who loves the Father loves whoever has been born of him. So the first characteristic we see is right belief. And belief in God. Faith in God. John states that all who believe in Jesus, that who, all who believe that Jesus is the Christ are children of God. We are born of him. This means we have sonship. We have sonship. We saw in chapter Two, that being born of God leads to right behavior and it prevents one from habitually sinning. And like we saw in chapter 3, it causes us to love others. And we see that again in chapter 4. Now, now if you look back at, at John, the book of John, uh, chapter 1, verse 12. Remember, this is written by the same guy. He writes, but all who did receive him, who, but all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. All who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave them the right to become children of God. John goes on to say that, that, uh, that those who believe will not only love the Father, but they will also love God's children our brothers and sisters in Christ. We should not only love our parents, 
but also the child of our parents. How many of you guys have siblings? All right. All right. Let me tell you something. All right. You should not only love your parents, but you should also love your siblings. All right? I know it can be tough. All right? Trust me. I had a younger brother who I would beat up on, and now he's six foot five. And I had a younger sister who I'd make fun of, and now I'm asking her to babysit my kid every once in a while. Who's not born yet, but when he's born. Not now, that, you can't really babysit now. Anyways, um, moving on. Uh, sometimes I, like, I start thinking something and saying something, and then halfway through I say, Tyler, you should stop saying that. But Tyler doesn't stop saying it, and so Tyler says it. And so, anyways, um, so you guys, some of you guys have siblings. And, and what John is saying here, what John is saying, that you should not only love God, but you should love his children as well. That's our brothers and sisters in Christ. Now, there are times, uh, uh, you might be able to attest to this, there are times where you do not necessarily want to love your brother or sister in Christ. All right, There might be times where that is the case. Okay, I've been there. But John's telling us that we need to love them. We need to love our brothers and sisters in Christ. It's very, very important, especially in the world that we live in. The world watches us. The world watches us. If they see that we're not loving our brothers or sisters in Christ, if they see that, then they, then they, won't, they won't respect us, and they won't hear the message that we carry, the message that we bring. It's very important that we love our brothers and sisters in Christ. Let's look at verses 2 and 3. It says, By this we know, by this we know that we love the children of God, when we love God and obey His commandments. For this is the love of God, that we keep His commandments, and His commandments are not burdensome. So the second characteristic we see is the obedience to God's commands. The obedience to God's commands. How do we show love for our brothers and sisters in Christ? We obey His commands and we love them. When we love God, we will keep His commands. And if you recall, His commands include loving one another. These two go hand in hand. We need to love God. We need to love our brothers and sisters and also others as well. Obedience to God's commands. And now, you know, I think about, you know, I, you know, my mom, bless her heart. Let's just say bless, bless her heart. You know, she, she's pretty excited to be a grandmother right now. Pretty excited. All right, sometimes she's like, take a chill pill, mother. And I can say that now. She used to tell me that all the time. And so, tell her, take, take a chill pill. My mom, okay, she, she, would, she would have some things that she would want me to do around the house. All right? She would have a list of things that, we, that she wanted me to get done. And, you know, at that time, I thought they were kind of, you know, they were, I thought they were a little unfair. All right? They were not, okay? They were not. But in my mind, I perceived that they were unfair and that she was asking me to do something that was pretty ridiculous. 
Like, clean my room? Are you kidding me, Mom? Like, make my bed? Why am I going to make my bed when I'm going to get in at night and mess it up again? All right? I'm not encouraging that in any way, shape, or form. My mother was right. Okay? Make sure you hear that. My mother was right. All right? However, however, at that time, I thought those commands, I thought those rules were a little bit much. I thought they were a little bit much. But you know what? I loved, I loved my mother, and I still love my mother. And so how, how did I show, how do I show her? How, it was one of the ways that I show her that I love her. I obeyed what she asked me. I obeyed what she asked me. That is a way that I showed her that I love her. How can we demonstrate our love for God if we obey his commands? We obey his commands, and we don't do it just to obey him. We do it because we love him. And that leads to our third characteristic. Our third characteristic is love. For this is the love of God that we obey his commands. And that's when our love is real. That's when our, our love is real. Obedience is not an outcome of a loving God. Obedience is not an outcome of a loving God. It is part of it, though. I'm going to show you some other verses that relate to this. John 14, John 14, 15 says, If you love me, you will keep my commandments. John 15, 10 says, If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in this love. 2 John 6, verse 6 says, and this, and this is love, that we walk according to his commandments. And this is the commandment, just as you have heard from the beginning, so that you should walk in it. So these are three verses right here that completely relate to this. And what's really cool about this too is that John wrote all of those. And so those are all from different areas of John's writing that are speaking to this very thing. Love and obeying God's commands. Obedience does not always bring cheer to our heart. So a, a, very, prou- uh, a very proud statement follows in, in verse 3 by, by saying, uh, For this is the love of God that we obey His commandments, and His commandments are not burdensome. They're not burdensome. That is contrary to what most people think. Do you guys know what contrary means? Opposite, right? All right, so I didn't know what contrary meant when, you guys, when I was your guys' age. I don't really have a big vocabulary, okay? But I learned, that, I learned that phrase when I was a junior in high school. You want to know how I learned that phrase? Let me tell you, all right? This girl in my youth group, she came. Uh, she got home from Disney World. She went to Disney World with her family, and she brought me back a T-shirt. I'm like, man, that's really cool. She didn't give anyone else a T-shirt. She must think I'm cute. And she didn't. She didn't. But on the shirt, it said, contrary to popular belief, I am good looking. All right? I didn't realize that was like a slam, all right? Or a roast, whatever. I'm like, oh, man, that's so cool. Thanks. So I take it home, and I show my parents. I'm like, I'm like look what, I won't even say her name. Like, look what she got me from Florida, from Disney. Isn't that cool? And they're like, don't, don't wear that in public. <laughs> Do not wear that in public. 
And I'm like, why? They're like, do you know what that means, Tyler? And I said, it means I'm good looking. <laughs> and then they explained it to me. So I didn't even wear that shirt around my house. And I was pretty disappointed when I went back the next time and, and asked the girl um, why she got me that shirt. And so um, she told me it was meant to be an encouragement to me. But it's not that funny, Alec. All right. Thankfully, the Lord brought Brittany into my life. Um, so, so his commandments, his commandments are not burdensome. They're not burdensome. And that's contrary to what most people think. It's not always easy. It's not always easy to obey his commands. And there <coughs> is a lot of resistance in this world to obey his commands. We see, we see it everywhere. And, and, and sin has a price. Sin has a price. And it will always, it will always have consequences. And, and most times when we face those consequences, we will realize that it would have been much easier to have not sinned in that situation. A burden. It says, his commandments are not burdensome. A, a burden is something that weighs you down. It's a weight. And it's like an oppression. All right? And I went to a, a Christian school, so we had a lot of rules. Okay? We had a lot of rules. We had dress code. Now, I know if some of you go to Johnstown, you think you have dress code, but you don't. You have like a hybrid dress code, okay? Because you can wear a polo, like any brand, khakis, any brand. We had one brand. We had one brand that we had to wear, pants and button-up shirts. And let me tell you what. And we had it tucked in. You got to wear a belt, okay? So, you know, we would, you know, like to untuck our shirts sometime, you know? We, we you know, we thought we can bend the rules a little bit. And... Sometimes we would not get away with that. We had a lot of these rules that we had to follow. Uh, being at a, a private Christian school. And at times I felt like almost as if they were burdens because there were so many things that we had to follow. His commandments are not a burden. They're not a burden. It's a list of do, it's not, it's not. It's not a list of do's and don'ts. That's not what his commandments are. They're not. They are for our good, and they are for our joy, and they are to glorify him. That's what his commandments are. When we start thinking that they're a list of do's and don'ts, we're going to be miserable. We're going to be miserable. They are for our good. They are for our joy. And for his glory. That's what they are. So if we love him, we will obey those commands. Let's look at verses 4 and 5. For everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world. And this 
is the victory that has overcome our world, our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world except the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? When it says overcome the world, it can refer to a couple different things here. It can refer to a false teaching, false teachers. Or as Caleb talked a lot about in the loving the world portion, the lure of the world. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. So that's what overcoming the world can be. Those things. But we have to remember, we talked about a couple weeks ago, he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. The victory is already won. So in John 16, verse 33, take heart, I have overcome the world. Jesus' victory has overcome the evil one and has set people free from the power of Satan. Band, you guys can come on up. Faith. Faith is the basis of our victory. And when we place, when we place our faith in Jesus Christ, nothing can separate us from his love. Nothing can separate us from his love when we place our faith in Jesus. We see that in the end of Romans chapter 8. If you haven't read that before, please go home and read it. Go home and read the end of Romans chapter 8. We're going to go through a study of that here um, on Sunday mornings, uh, upstairs in the services in, in the fall. And I'm so excited because Roman, Romans 8 is just packed. It is packed. When we place our faith in Jesus, nothing can separate us from his love. These verses should be an encouragement to you in spite of our daily struggles with sin. The victory, the victory is already won. And our victory is in Jesus. If you put your faith in Jesus as Christ, you have already overcome because he has overcome. If you have not placed your faith in Jesus Christ, I would encourage you to really think about that. And think about that if that's something you want to do. Grab a leader during worship or after breakout groups or during breakout groups and talk to them about what that means to put your faith and your trust in Jesus Christ. Love and faith, they go hand in hand. And that leads to obedience. I pray that if you have not put your faith in him already, that you will do that. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father,